0: Peter chapter two, beginning with verse one. Well, chapter, uh, we, we, we went through first Peter and first Peter was written to the church because he knew that they're about to get persecuted. Amen. Amen. I don't know who told you that being a Christian is easy. They lied to you, right? Have you ever heard anything? Just come to the Lord and everything's going to be great. You're going to get a check in the mail. Your wife is going to cook your favorite dish. Your kids are going to clean the room. Your boss is going to recognize you. Give you a raise. Your hair is going to grow back. That's why I'm growing this thing. Amen. Amen. But the crazy thing is, is, it's like a child that, you know, when you tell them to clean the room, anybody have any teenagers, you tell them to clean the room? Not even teenagers, just children. You can't tell a four-year-old. They can't do too much. But you know what I'm trying to say. You know that age gap where they're old enough to clean their own room, right? And then you walk in the room, and they say, I cleaned it. And you're looking at them like, this is not clean. Amen? You know why? Because they're used to that condition. They like that. They don't see what you see. They don't want to see what you see. They want to stay in that kind of Lifestyle. So they hide things. Hello? They hide things. Look under their bed. Look in their closet. Look at the look in their drawers. Look behind their pillows. I remember one time I walked in, Joaquin goes, I clean my room and I'm like, okay, you know, to me it looked okay, cause, you know, I'm I'm not like Jen. And Jen walks in and she says, It's not clean, look it. And she moves his bed and all his clean clothes were hidden underneath his And the sad thing is this. She just washed all his clothes, so she, he hid them because he didn't want to put them away. They're hidden right next to his dirty clothes. So now you got to go through the process of smelling the good ones. With She's like, you know what? Do me a favor. Clean this room before. Because when Jen gets mad, I have to come in, you know. I'm like, you know, just give me the word. I go in there, and, I'm, and I make sure he cleans his room. Right? But you know what? We're the same way. You guys got areas that you don't want to clean. You're just used to them. And if you don't clean those areas, eventually they'll blind you. Amen? Amen? And so when Jesus told Peter, Peter, wait here. The Holy Spirit is about to fall on you and you shall be witnesses unto me. And I remember hearing that scripture and I used to be so happy. I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to preach the good news. How many people believe that? When the Holy Spirit falls upon me, I'm going to be able to preach the good news to all the people. Anybody know that? And everybody goes, hallelujah, and amen, right? But the word witness means you're going to die. I like witness better, right? Can I get a witness? I don't like to read this. And guess what? It's to your advantage that I give you the Holy Spirit so you can die. Because that's basically what he's saying. It is to your advantage that I go away to give you the Holy Spirit so you could die. In other words, so you can clean your room, so you have eyes to see what's really the mess. Amen? Because Peter couldn't recognize his mess at first. That's why he was Simon. He was shifting sand. Amen? He was double-minded. And men, you know what? Women can't, I'm sorry to say this. I'm not picking on men. But women don't really, are not attracted to double-minded men. They're shifty. They, they have no strength. They, they want a man to say, hey, this is what we're doing. And they act like they don't, right, Norma? But they want a man to lead. Listen, they're looking for Prince Charming, not Princess Charming. They're looking for a man's man. And that was, that's what attracted Peter about Jesus. He was a man's man. He was not a wimp. We always look at Jesus like he was just, you know, you know, just looking at butterflies and passing out uh, uh, fish and, you know, and doing miracles. Jesus was a man's man. He didn't waver. And he discipled these men to be men. He said, it's time for you to grow up. Just because you have a beard doesn't mean you're a man. I ain't going to go there. Hello, what makes a man? Because when the going got tough, Peter wimped out. Right? I'll die for you. I'll die for you. Be careful for those who say, I'll die for you. They can't even live for you. I know what you're thinking. Prince died. I will die for you. That's song. No. Even a prince has to bow before a king. Listen, Jesus, when he said something, he did it. He said, I would die for you. He did. Right? But I also will raise for you. And I also will bless you. And I also will empower you. And I also will train you and teach you. It's to your advantage that I go away. So guess what? Now that now my focus now my focus, could be on you, now you could, your focus would be on others. Remember when Peter didn't want to wash feet? And Jesus washed his feet He says, Peter, you don't understand this now, but when you grow up and you realize that others are more important than you, then you will learn how to wash feet too, Peter. Amen? And so when we begin, Simon, Peter, in other words, the reason why he called himself Simon Peter, because this is what I like about it. He didn't say, hey, my name is Apostle, the first one that Jesus called, his good friend, the one that he asked for when everybody, you know, when I, he came back, he goes, go get Peter. He didn't cr- turn around and, say, and put his credentials first, his title first. In other words, he says, I'm a fellow person struggling with issues and problems. I know what it is to fail. and I know what it is to put your foot in your mouth. I know what it is, you know, to, to struggle in marriage and have a sick mother-in-law. And, and he, it, you know, I know what it is because that's, that's, listen, I'm just like you. And that's what I love about Jesus. You know, he, he slept with them. Peter, people, people say, I want to follow you, Jesus. He says, foxes have holes and birds have nests. I don't even have a house. I'll follow you to the embassy suites. And you know what the crazy thing is? A lot of people want to be pastors for the wrong reasons or an evangelist for the wrong reasons. They see what they drive. Oh, man, I want to be a pastor. And you know what? That's the wrong motive. The reason why you want to be something like that because you want to be like Jesus. Jesus was a man's man, and he's also hey a, a pastor that would lay down his life for his sheep. And so he began to teach Peter, and he says, Simon, and Peter says this, listen, the first letter I wrote you is because, guess what? The devil's coming, and you know what? The enemy's mad, so he's going to strike us, and he's going to martyr us, and he's going to do all these things to us. He says, I'm writing you this new letter because, guess what? He tried that, and it didn't work. Have you ever met people, the more they mess with them, the stronger they get? Those are the worst kind of people, but the best kind of Christians. The more they mess with them, the stronger they got. They realize, hey, you know what? Hey, you can throw everything at me. I got nothing else to live for. I'm going Jesus' way. And so they threw everything at him. And guess what? He survived it. And so he goes, you know what? I'll get him like the old trick. There's nothing new. How many people? There's there's nothing new under the sun. I said, there's nothing new under the sun. And so guess what the enemy does? He knows there's nothing new. But guess what? If his same trick that beat Adam and Eve in the garden, he'll do that still. And he did it to Cain. God commanded Cain to do this. And you know what Cain did? He did something opposite. He thought he was doing God a favor by doing something opposite. He said, oh, you know what? God will accept this in the first place. And God says, listen, I require this for a sacrifice. And so that's what Peter was talking about in the second letter. He was saying, listen, if God told us to do something, we better follow it to a T. Amen? Amen? How many people know that when you order something, that's what you expect? What's your favorite burrito, Paul? Longha. What's your last name? How do you know about some Longha? Okay, Longha, right? Longha is good, by the way. It's the greasiest piece of meat you can get, and it's so delicious. It's just ugh. calm down, calm down. What if I would put, you know, ass spam instead with some mustard and some mashed potatoes? Oh, you eat it. You're hungry anyways. And you know what? That's the attitude that we have. When God orders something, hello, when God commands us to do something, don't change the order. He doesn't want, listen, if you, if you, if God knew it, if you knew it more than God, then he would have asked you to be God. I'm going to say it. If you knew more than that, then you wouldn't need God. When God says, clean your room, clean your room. Get rid of your old stuff. Get rid of your old stuff. I order this, serve him that. You know what Cain did? He served him what he wanted to serve him because he says, you know what? That's just God and he gets what he gets. God says, you know what? I own everything. I have everything. I'm only doing it to help you out. Amen? And so this second letter was because they tried to switch doctrine up. They're saying, you don't really have to do it like this. God gave me a new revelation. Amen? Be careful when people come to you and say, God gave me this new revelation for you. Because if it's not in the old revelation, I don't want your new. Hello? Hello? Be careful for those who prophesy over you, new revelation. God has spoken to me, and you know what? And I'm going to tell you, this is from the letter of Joaquin part 2 and 3D. You don't need to hear that. What does the word of God say? Amen? And so he's telling them, listen, be careful. And he says, Simon Peter, a bondservant of an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtain like precious faith, With us by the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace, peace be to you, multiply to you. Keep going. And the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has been given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Now listen, remember what I said, you know, when I brought up Jack's. Remember how small he is, Right? Right? You know, last week, Jax was, he was wearing a diaper. Hello, when we brought him out, he was wearing a diaper. But he's not wearing a diaper this week. You're like, well, what does that have to do with the In other words, it was already in him to go poo poo in the toilet. Hello, he just needed the knowledge. He just needed the wisdom. He needed to, listen, he needed to say, I don't like this anymore. I don't like this luggage anymore. Come on, somebody. Man, you, you're like, what, what does that have to do with? In other words, I don't want to wear a diaper anymore. It irritates me. It bothers me. I need change. In order to have change, it's going to take knowledge and wisdom. And so now he's starting to understand. Hello? He's bec- it's already, it was already in him to use a restroom in the toilet. Now he's understanding it and he realizes it's much better. How many people know it's much better? How many people still wear a diaper? I don't want to, like, You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not talking about, listen, I'm talking about spiritually. Spiritually, some of you are still depending on people to clean you all the time. Still using lame excuses all the time. I was going to go, but I figure I just used it right here. Hello. It was already in you to degrade. It was already in you to have godliness. It was already in you to have knowledge. It was already in you to have wisdom. It was already in you not to eat with pigs. It was already in you to prosper. Hello? It was already in you. It's already inside of you, you just gotta operate it. you gotta practice. You gotta practice righteousness. Those who practice righteousness are righteous. But those who practice lawlessness are lawless. And let me explain to you something. If whatever you're practicing is going to defeat, you're going to win. You can't expect to be good. How many people are good sinners? You know how you became a good sinner? You practice sin. You get all happy about it. Amen. Every day. Keep going. Precious promise that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature and having escaped the corruption of this world through its lust. Same trick, guys. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of the life is not of the Father but of the world. It's the same stinking lust that Adam and Eve fell for, David fell for, Samson fell for, all these mighty men and mighty women of God fell for. It's the same thing but also for this very reason, giving diligence, listen, diligence. In other words, Hey, you got to work at this. And I don't mean just to work. I mean, agonize work. There's a difference. Agonize work, work hard, be diligent. Don't nothing distract you. Amen. Not just diligent, but to your what faith, virtue, virtue means what? We talked about last week, high standards, be moral, have a standard, have a rule, have a law, say, no, I'm sorry. This breaks the law. This breaks my values. You got to have a value system, church. Hello. You got to have a value system because if not, you're going to fall for the world. You know, there's enough of them to convince you that, you know what, you're the, the Christians are crazy. That's not the values you'd have anymore. The golden rule doesn't exist. Well, let's take it out of church. I mean, let's take it out of schools. Let's take it everywhere. Let's take the Ten Commandments. No, listen, they, they can take the Ten Commandments out. They can take the golden rule out of, out of schools. But guess what? It should be written in the tablets of your heart. To virtue knowledge. We talked about knowledge. It's already in us. Keep going. To the knowledge self-control. We all can use the self-control. Amen? That means to control oneself. You need to learn how to control your emotions. How many people still get angry at the drop of the hat? Anybody? There's usually men, like five women lift their hands up. You got to learn how to control your emotions. Amen. You got to learn how to self control. Amen. It's not just emotions. You've got to learn how to take control your sexual desires. Just because he's cute doesn't mean he's cute. It's called self-control. And I'll even take, I'm going to take it a step further. Listen, it's even called spiritual self-control because some of you, some of you are, you know, I'm in the spirit and you're going and doing all this. Listen, the spirit of God is self-control too. Hello? In the spirit, you're in self-control too. That's for somebody. Self-control, that's something that God wants to deal with us. Peter had no self-control. He always put his foot in his mouth. He always opened his mouth. I mean, he, he put his foot in his mouth. He always opened his mouth. He spoke when he, was sh- he shouldn't speak. What if we do this? Listen, Peter, I didn't ask you to do that. Listen to my son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen? Someone say self-control. Turn your there and say self-control. Control yourself. There it is. Say, control yourself. Someone say perseverance. And you know what? It, it, one of the things that church lacks is perseverance. You know what perseverance? You, you know who makes good perseverance? Uh, people who make good perseverance, they become good doctors. They become useful. It takes perseverance in school, you know. Oh, yeah, I graduated high school. Well, great. Now here comes college. Well, great. Here comes grad school. Well, great. Now here comes, you know, coming in. Now you have to learn how to. It's not just always books. It's hands-on. And guess what? They become great doctors because they know how to persevere. Lawyers, persevere. You know, we we just want it quick. Amen? That's why if we have self-control, we could have perseverance. Amen? And then someone say godliness. Then one of the one of the things that we lack is godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Love covers a multitude of sin. With everything out of everything you're going to get, get love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, listen. A man or a woman will be known by their fruit. Amen. I'm going to help somebody out here. Listen, a man or a woman will be known by their fruit, not by their attendance. I've been going to church for 20 years and sinning 21. A man or a woman will be known by their fruit. If you abide in him, he will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. And how do you know someone's a Christian? When grapes start falling off and bananas start falling. Come on, somebody. And you're like, oh, my God, that, that person's fruitful. Why? How do you know? Because, he did. man, an apple just hit me in the head and an orange just. Right? But the opposite effect, when, you know, when Jesus went to go get some fruit, it was nothing. And he said, you're just taking up space. You're just taking up water. You're just taking up time. Amen. This is why I don't mind counseling people as long as they abide in Jesus. If not, I'm wasting my time. I could talk to you till you're blue in the face, but unless you abide in him and he abides in you, you are not going to bear no fruit. Jesus himself says, if you're not going to bear fruit after three years, I'm going to take you out. And I was just starting like this church. Verse nine. For he who has lacks these things, someone say, short sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was what? He's forgotten that what? He was cleansed from his old sins. The old man is dead. Amen. That's why Jennifer, Jennifer never calls me. I, that's my old man. I'm her new man and a fine man at that. I'm just playing. Listen, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna keep it real. I stand up here and I can see you. I stand up here and I can see you, amen? But I know most of you don't know this, but I, have, I wear contacts. And if I were to take my contacts off, I can not even see your guys' faces. They'd be like blurry. I wouldn't be able to see you. you. You see, there's a reason why it's called a prescription. It, without the prescription, I'm blind. Without these contacts, I wouldn't be able to see you and have contact with you, eye-to-eye contact. Come on, somebody. I wouldn't be able to notice your faces. And when I preach to you and some of you, and you know, some of you, when you, God touches you, I can see it. And, and, I, and, I, and I just say, thank you, God. Keep touching them, God. Keep touching them. But without my contact, without my prescription, you're blind to me. And you know what happens is when people, listen, and this when people are focused on themselves, the only person they see is themselves. They don't see others, nor do they care to see others. They just see themselves because they see things right now. They're short sighted, they're nearsighted. Come on, somebody. They only see what's in front of them, they can't see the future for her or him, her, and him, him. They only worry about themselves. Selfish ambitions, hidden motives, always getting, always taking, but never giving because they can't see other people's faces. I don't care how strong you are or how mighty you are. If God told you to stay away from that Samson, the Bible says, Thou shalt not tempt thy Lord thy God, Samson. Don't put yourself in places where you could turn out, come back blind. Don't put yourself in situations where you will come back blind. Don't tempt a wall. If Jesus was with me, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And you know what? God never forsook Samson, but he still was blind and he was still in a dungeon. What a tragedy when that man should have been the champion of champions. He killed Philistines left and right. He was told not to do certain things. And you know what? I don't care how godly your parents are because Samson's parents were godly. And sometimes we get this attitude. Well, you know, we're doing everything right. What's wrong with Samson? Hey, you're not Samson. Samson got to deal with Samson. You just deal with what you got to deal with. Don't blame everything on yourself though. Samson wants to do these things. You raise him up to be righteous. You raise him up to be godly. Train a child in the way he should go. And when he gets older, he shall not depart from those things. This is why at the end, Samson remembered those wisdom of his parents. His parents said, Samson, if you ever get in trouble, call on God. Samson, if the enemy ever blinds you, call on God. And you know what he did? He called on God. God gave him his strength back because God was there. And you know what, you know the crazy thing is, church? That's all God was waiting for is Him to call. He says, Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't even know. I will restore the sight of the blind. I will. But he's forgotten and cleansed from his old sins. Listen to what it says, therefore, brethren. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so, the entrance will be supplied to you and abundantly into everlasting kingdom of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. I want to read something to you in Luke, chapter 5. Put it up. It says, so when multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gurnus, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was whose? Which was whose? And asked him to put it out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And when the boat, and when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out your net into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon said to him, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Someone say he caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish. I'm going to say he caught a great number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So he singled their partners to the other boat, and they came to help them. And then they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. Someone said that was a great catch. Now, when Simon saw it, someone said when Simon saw it, see, when Jen was talking about Jesus saw Simon, but did Peter see Jesus when he saw it? Someone say, when he saw it. When he saw it, what did he see? Oh, fish. And, and, and he's seen the miracle of, of the fish. No, what did he see? Close your eyes. What do you see? Who's the man that still, when you close your eyes, who's, this, who's the man still right here? It's you. What did he see? He saw himself as a sinner. He didn't see the fish anymore. I mean, it's not like he didn't see fish before. He, he didn't see fish no more. He knew something was different. He knew somebody stepped on his boat. He knew somebody changed his life. He knew somebody that he just totally just, oh my God, I see it. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that person that the enemy wants me to be. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. I'm not a drug addict, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not Simon, I'm Peter. You saw it. Sometimes God does things in your life so you can see. Whose fault is this that this man is born blind? Whose fault is it that man is nobody's fault? He's blind for my glory. Nobody's fault. Peter saw it. As soon as he sees it, what does he do? He saw it. And he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He finally recognized the issue was not, catch, not catching nothing. Listen, the issue wasn't that he was fighting with his his wife at home. The issue was not, you know, his mother-in-law was sick. His issue was not, you know, those are not the issues. The issues was not he came up empty again and he felt like a failure. The issues were not, hey, you know what, there's nothing for me. Listen, I'm just a fisherman. I'm just a fisherman. Nobody cares about fishermen. The issue was not that at all. The issue that he was a sinner. A sinful man who needed a savior. And when you recognize that you are a sinful man or a sinful woman who needs a savior and you fall at the knees, the feet of Jesus, and you begin to recognize, you begin to see that, you know what? I don't have to live in this condition no longer. I don't have to be this way no more. I don't have to make excuses why I didn't catch nothing. If God wants me to catch something, he'll put the fish in the boat. My job is to launch it out. I don't know why it's, nothing good ever happens to me because you got to get out of your bed, brother. I don't know why these bills keep stacking up. Go to work, brother. I don't know why, you know, my wife's not at me. Quit being angry, brother. I don't know why my kids try to avoid me. Why don't you spend some time with them, brother? By diligence, perseverance, godliness. Peter, what I'm doing to you, you don't recognize it now, but you'll do it to others later. And what Peter was essentially doing was washing feet. I remember God dealt with me and he used Peter to deal with me. And he called me out. I started doing things for the Lord and I started serving God. And I was at Calvary Chapel and I was doing all these great things and I was evangelizing and all these things. And I'm saying, I'm going to evangelize and I'm going to preach the gospel. And then my kids, I'm going to see my kids. And, and God's going to restore this. And God is going to restore that. And God didn't restore anything. For three something years and, and I'm still serving and I finally I get to a place where I say God I've been doing all this stuff for you and I've been serving you and what do I get out of it Lord just problems after problems after problems you know what he said you know what I would have thought he goes come here my beloved child let me lift you up and let me just praise for you you know what he told me do you want to go too what do you mean do I want to go too do you want to leave too you mean Jesus said that? Yes, he said it to Peter. Because guess what? He stopped feeding the fish and the sandwiches and the miracles and the signs and the wonders. He said, you know what? You know what it comes down to? You, you like me or get out of my face. He says, eat my flesh and drink my blood or have no part of me. The Bible says that multitudes followed him. They say, you know what? If you're not going to feed us today, then you're not going to do no miracles. Then why should I stay here? If you're not going to tickle my ears and be nice to me and do, you know, hey, Jesus, let me rub on you and so you can do a miracle. Jesus, feed me. I'm hungry. Jesus, do this. Jesus, do that. Why is this? Jesus, you know what Jesus said? Hey, guys, do you want to go too? And you know what Peter said? Where can I go? You hold my future in your hands. Where am I going to go? I know that I'm a sinful man. I remember because I saw it with my own eyes, and I remember when I said he said that to me. He goes, you want to go too? And I finally said, where am I going to go? The streets don't even like me no more. My family closed their doors on me. I don't have no friends. I only have, I only have these crazy men. Where am I going to go? And I remember he had the words to eternal life. And I said, you know what, Lord, I can't go for you. Hold my future in your hands. And I promise you in Jesus' name, God began to restore everything I lost. And now I serve him not because he restored it. I serve him because I'm a sinful now man in need of a savior. I saw what he did for me. I seen who I used to be. I seen the way I used to be. I've seen the way I used to be, the way I used to treat my kids, the way I used to live life, the way I, I couldn't see only but myself. How am I going to get this? And what am I going to do? And I have to do that. And what about me? And, and I'm Joaquin Garcia. You know what? I'm a sinner. God's not interested in your, your, your talents, He just wants you to acknowledge that you're a sinner and you're in need of a Savior. Peter was an uneducated fisherman. Blind people can't see because they only want to see what they want to see. But God gave me eyes to see and ears to hear. And what I do, I do only for the Lord, and I do it for you, not because of anything else, because I love you, because God called me to love. I do it with diligence. With valor, with perseverance, with godliness, with brotherly love. I do it because Jesus washed my feet and I want to wash yours. I want you to close your eyes. What do you see? Do you see only what you're going through? Do you only see your empty refrigerator? Do you see only what your family's dealing with? What do you see? Or do you see what God called you to be? The devil lied to you years ago. He said, you'll never be that man. And so guess what? He gave you all these different type of opportunities to do many things. But what I love about Peter, the Bible says this. He says, Peter, today you become a fisher of men. And he walked away from his job and he walked away from his boat and he walked away from his old lifestyle. And he walked away and he says, you know what? Where am I going to go now? I put it all on Jesus. I, I bet my life on Jesus. I know, I know what I know because nobody's ever loved me like this man. My father never loved me like the way Jesus loved me. My husband never loved me the way Jesus loved me. My, my kids will never love me the way Jesus loved me. Where can I go The Bible says it's his kindness and his love that leads us to repentance. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to hide? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I know because you know what? I know what I know because let me tell you something. I was suicidal at one time. I wanted to leave it all because I lost my kids. I lost everything. I lost all my hope. I lost my dreams, my passion, my vision. And I got onto a roof and I couldn't see anymore. And the only thing I seen is God. You know what? I'm better off dead than alive. And you know what, God? It's not that easy, son. I got work for you to do. This is why I tell myself, if I was willing to die for the devil, then I'm willing to live for Christ. What do you see? If you see mustard seed, it's a little mustard seed. That's all you need is a little mustard seed. If you can see as a little mustard seed, have faith, as a little mustard seed, you can move mountains. You can do great things. Jesus, help us to see what you see. It wasn't too far after that when Jesus, when Peter says, oh, where am I going to go? You have the words to eternal life. So then Peter says, Jesus says, great answer. Who do men say that I am? And he says, you're the Christ. He says, yes, Peter, you're right. And upon that word, upon that foundation, upon that, I will build my house. And even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Even though hell will come against it and the devil will come against it and and the world will come against it and, and your enemies will come against it. I build a house and the house will not fall because great, greater is he. If you only knew who you are. If you only knew like Jax. Jax is already Jax. He re- it's already in him to be great. He just has to grow into his potential. It is our job to look and say, Jax, how do I help you to get to where you need to go? If it means dying to myself so you can live, then let me die. How can I help you to get stronger? How can I help you to get better? How can I help you? It's about others, church. And when you begin to look at others and you begin to help out others, then you will clearly see that your things are so small. There's greatness in you. There's authority in you. There's power in you. There's wisdom in you. There's talents in you. The devil is a liar. He's been a liar since the beginning. I'm telling you now, right now, there's somebody here and saying, God, I just needed to hear those words. Now I'm getting ready to take the next step. I want to take the next step. Whoever you are, I want you to stand in your chair. We're gonna have no altar call. I just want you to stand in your chair, and I'm gonna pray for you. Stand right up where you're at. Let God strengthen you. Let God open your eyes again so you can see your potential. Let God open your eyes because you're not a Simon. You're a Peter and you have greatness in you. You have greatness in you. I don't care what your parents said. And I don't care what your teacher said. And I don't care what your coaches said. And I don't care what your ex said. And I don't even care for your surrounding people. You have greatness in you. in you. You have a strong calling in you. You can do great things. Just step up, Peter. And step out. Launch out, Peter. Launch out, Peter. Come on, Peter. I know you can walk on water. It's in you.